You know, I'm excited about what we've been uh, learning about. It's, you, you know, you may not realize this because you don't do what I do, but I, I've been ministered to by these last couple of services and then preparing for this week, but really been challenged. So I hope you pick that up as we talk today. Uh, you know, we, we started introducing this one word, the word that really frames everything, everything you've done, everything you will do. It motivates you. It keeps you going. It's this one word. When you boil everything down, it comes down to why. Why? Why do you do what you do? What drives you? What animates you? What motivates you? Why? We talked a couple weeks ago. We talked about love. Love. God's love is the greatest motivator of all. His love and what he gives you gives you the strength to go and do whatever else it takes in life. And when you have his love behind you, no matter what else happens, that love drives you and keeps you going. Then we talked last week about grace and how expansive God's grace was. And we talked about because the grace he's given us, you can give grace to people who don't deserve it just like you didn't deserve it. And because of that, that why drives everything about how you live and what you do. We talked about the fact that, well, this week we're going to talk about why you go where you go, why you go in the direction that you go, and how do you get that direction. We're going to talk about this, that there's a personal God who knows you and cares about you, and he has a very specific plan for your life. Now, having said that to you today, it's funny how when, I, when we talk about directions and plans, you might be sitting here today, and you might be right in the middle of questions about your directions and plans. And you might be sitting here, and you're saying, Pastor Dennis, I'm not so sure about that. I don't know if he really knows where I am, because I'm, I'm feeling a little bit lost, and I'm not sure about which way to go. Maybe you, like me, you've kind of been in this situation before that you've asked questions, and maybe your question for today is, should I take this job? Should I leave this job? It's a big question. Maybe you're wondering about the future of a relationship that you're in and you're thinking, God, I'm not sure what to do. Is this the right one? You know, it's funny how you go back a little bit in time and there's, there's things where, you know, we, we know the big directions, don't we? I mean, God has given us real clear markers on some things. I mean, we have the Ten Commandments. That's really obvious, right? Do this, do this, don't do this, don't do that. We have, uh, we have what God has given us in uh, you know, the fruit of the Spirit. We know that's how we're supposed to live. There's a lot of lists that tell us really specific things. But then when it comes to some decisions, it seems like God is so silent. And you wonder where he is at that moment in time. You want to know, God, can you just tell me? Wouldn't it be great if you could pick up the phone and just dial the right number and get an answer on those things? Wouldn't it be nice if... If, if there was a way to just know for sure, what I want to do today is I want to take us to actually a, a pretty familiar portion of scripture, and I want to look at somebody's life, and it gets a little confusing because at this point in his life, he goes by the name Abram, which later God calls him Abraham, so I don't want you to get confused. God changes his name later on in his life, but at this point in his life, I just want us to take a quick look at him and his story. This is in Genesis chapter 12. It says... The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. Then he says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. 
Now, that's a lot of promises, isn't it? But not a lot of direction. Did you catch that? All he did was say go. He didn't say where to go. He didn't say how far to go. He didn't say any of that. He just said to go. He said, go to the place I will show you. And listed in there is a, is a lot of things. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because you might look at this and you may, might think, well, I'm not Abraham. No, you're not. And you may not have that kind of a call to go. But we'll learn a little bit more about him here. So Abraham departed. He departed. And he did as the Lord instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran, and he took his wife Sarai, later her name was changed to Sarah, and his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran. (laughs) And he headed for the land of Canaan. And when they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up a camp beside the oak of Morah, And at the time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. What's weird about that is Abraham went. Now, let's go back in life a little bit, maybe in time, maybe in your life. Do you remember when you were younger? I mean, you had some concerns, right? You needed to know some direction. Remember how simple it was when you were younger? I mean, all you really needed to make for sure, what what was it someone said? Guys, they're actually going to get ready for that fundraiser lunch. Um, When you were younger, younger than them, Probably your biggest concern was whether or not there was a a pudding cup in your lunch, right? I mean, that's all that really mattered. That's all you really needed to know. And you needed to know if you could get on your bike right when you got home from school. That was it. And then your parents, at least when I was a kid, they didn't really know where I was at until my rule was we had to be home at dark. That was it. And it was simple. Life was simple then. Do you remember? It was simple. It was different. It's not like today. And then maybe for you, as you got a little older, you know, I remember in kindergarten, we did, does anybody do finger painting anymore? Do they still do that? All I wanted to know is if I could have enough blue. I just wanted a lot of blue. That's all that mattered. But then life starts to get complicated. You remember? And then you needed some direction and you just needed to survive middle school. Then life started to get really serious and you wanted to know, does that guy like me? Does he like me? And then you wanted to know, Should I go out for a sport? And then maybe the big questions of college or career, and then which one, and where to go, and what should my major be, and what what career will I want to do for the rest of my life? And everybody's asking me what I'm going to do after high school, and I, I don't know what to do. I've talked to some students just in the last few weeks, and that question is looming so large on their minds, it's like they can't hardly think about anything in life. And me, being so far removed from that, I want to just tell them, guys, this is an important decision, but you don't even have any idea how big the decisions that will come. And they're saying, Pastor Dennis, I just want God to tell me. Why won't he just tell me? You're telling me that God has a plan for me and he cares about me. Why won't he just tell me then? If he already knows, just tell me. Why does he drag it out and make it so hard? And why does it have to be so complicated? Think back for a minute when you were making some of those decisions. How'd you decide? Sometimes your parents gave you your direction, right? And they, and they have good wisdom, and you should trust them. And there's other wise people in your life. And most of us, you know, you probably have a wife or a girlfriend. She'll tell you where to go, what to do, right? Think about Abraham's direction there. You know what God told him? He literally told him, leave everything you know. Everything that's a security for you. Now, it's, it's hard for us even to conceptualize what life was like thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago when he was living this life. You realize there was no Discovery Channel. 
He couldn't go on the computer and research, even if God had told him where he was going, what he was walking into. He just said to let go and to leave everything you know. There's so much more into this story because back then your family was your security. There weren't a lot of countries that had standing armies. And it wasn't like being a U.S. citizen when we're in a foreign country and something goes wrong, we can get to the embassy and hopefully get help. It wasn't like that. You had to rely on your family and, and whatever cousins and, and distant relatives would come and fight on your behalf. When, he, when God told him to leave, he told him to leave every security that he had, everything he had known. You realize not everybody spoke English. seems like everywhere you go today, somebody speaks English. You can find maybe a little kid that can interpret for you or something. But back then, let alone did he not speak English, but he was traveling in a way that nobody knew what he was talking about. It's hard to imagine that. And he literally takes everything he has and he goes. He's faithful. God called and he was faithful. And I look at that and I, I ponder it and I think, God, I want to be a person of faith like that. I want to be able to trust you like that. But it's hard to even imagine what it was like. Did you catch how old he was? I mean, you might think of, of Jack Kerouac and, you know, on the road or something. And, yeah, we do that kind of thing when we're like 18 or 19 or 20. Not 75. Not 75. I mean, how do you find direction and just pick up everything at 75? Abraham did. Think about the life situation he was in. God, God starts to promise him these big, big promises, things that are going to be happening. And he's thinking, how could it possibly be? And he goes and he's, he's faithful. Then it goes like this. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give you this land or give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and he dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. At this point, I would have still been saying, God, where am I going? Please, I, I, need, I need turn by turn directions with a destination. And I need to know the time it's going to take, you know, the estimated time of arrival. That's what I need. And I want to be able to call ahead and make sure my room is ready. Right? Abraham didn't have any of that. Instead, what he did right here is he connects with God. In the only way they had at that time, he connects with God. Then the next verse the next verse, it says, after that, Abraham traveled south and set up camp in the hill country with Bethel to the east and Ai to the, or the west and Ai to the east. There he built another altar and dedicated to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord. He connects with God again. When I don't get clear direction from God, I start to wander from him. Do you do that? I start to question him and, and wonder what he's doing, and I, I start to feel distant from him. I don't connect with him. I I feel distant from him. And I know that's me. It's my problem. And I look at Abraham and I see something in here that, that I want in my life. And I want to be that way with him. I would have been saying, are we there yet? Remember how your kids did? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Remember driving buses for years and years with youth. And they'd say, how far is it? How, how long till we get there? And I'd always raise my hand up. I'd say, it's about that far. They're just going to be like, what are you talking about? I was thinking of the map. It's that much further on the map. They've never even seen a map. They don't even know what that is. I'd be saying to God, are we there yet? How much farther? What's it going to be like when we get there? What do I need when we get there? How's it going to be? What do you want me to do? I'm not prepared. Am I prepared? I want to get ready for this. What do you want, God? What are you, you going to do? And the scripture goes on. It says, then Abraham continued traveling south by stages toward the Negev. The Negev is part of southern 
southern Israel today. Abraham had literally traveled over the entire Fertile Crescent from Mesopotamia on a map like this all the way down into southern Israel. The whole time it just keeps traveling and he keeps obeying. He just keeps going. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not like that. I, I stop and I start questioning him. I say, God, look, I'm not going any further till you tell me what's next. I want to know. He wasn't like that. I really believe that there's something we can learn from this. And as you're looking at this with me, maybe you're in a situation like this, and maybe you're wondering, God, why are you so vague in this? I've been praying about this for a long time, and I would just like some clarity, God. Is that too much to ask? Here's what I think. I think God wanted to do something huge through Abraham. He'd already given him these huge promises. He told him he would have a son. But you know the story. He was 75, and so was his wife, and they were barren and no kids. But guess what? God did that. He told him, he said, he said you're, you're going to be the father of a great nation. And the, the number of these, your children, your descendants would number as more than the stars and the grains of sand. And he didn't see that happen, but that did happen. He told him that the entire world is going to be blessed because of him. And you know that Jesus is a direct descendant of Abraham. And that was the fulfillment of that prophecy. God was going to do great things through Abraham. Just didn't tell him all the details. I believe that this is one of the keys, that before God could do something through him, he had to do something in him, in him. We don't think about the in him part, do we, very much? I just want to get there. I don't think about what it's going to take once I get there. I don't think about what God works in me through it. And if you look at scripture, God has a way of working with humanity, and it's not on our timetable. And it's very seldom on our schedule either. It doesn't seem to work that way. God has a plan and a way of working with people, and it usually involves a journey. And maybe you're not about that. Maybe you're all about the destination, but God is about the journey. And he uses that journey to prepare you for something that he needs to be in you for when you reach the destination. But all we're thinking about is the destination, but he's got something that he needs to work in us and develop in us that won't, won't happen once you get there. He teaches us in the journey. He prepares us. He gives us what we need for the destination along the way. That's how he works. We just want shortcuts. I happened to be at Barnes & Noble the other day, and I walked by that rack of Cliff's Notes. Does anybody remember those from college? Just, just give me the plot line. Just tell me the main characters. I don't want to read the story. I don't want to go through the whole process. I just want to get there. That's how we are. I want a summary. We live in a text world. You know, just text me. You don't even need to put the punctuation in. I'll figure it out. Just text me a bunch of words. I'll figure out what you're trying to say. Isn't that how we live today? <laughs> God has a personal plan for you. And he's not through with you. You may be wondering, God, what's next? What do I have to do? Where, where am I going? I just want some more details. And what he's trying to tell you is that the, that the connection, sorry, I raced ahead there. The connection is more important than the direction. The connection's actually more important than the destination. God wants to connect with you. Did you ever think about that for a minute? Why did he make us in the first place? Was it just so we could get from one point to another? Was it just so you could have a certain job or, or be married to a certain person or go to a certain college? 
That's not why he made you. All those things are important, and he's got plans for you, but that's not why he made you. He made you to know you, to literally have a connection with you. Now, even as those words roll out of my mouth, I, in my mind, feel unworthy of that. And I, in my mind, know that that there's a God, and I just think, God, why in the world would you waste time with me? But he does. He loves you. I mean, he loves us as a group. He loves this church. He intends for great things for this church, this group of people. He loves his church, the Christian church, and all of those believers around the world that make up that church. Of course, he has plans for the church. A lot of the Bible is specifically about plans he had for Israel. But he is God, and he is able to not only have that on his mind, but you on his mind. Do you realize he has you on his mind every day, every moment? So hard for us to conceptualize that. We're so limited and finite. We're so tied to, to our phones and our watches and our time and daylight, sunrise, sunset. And we're so limited in all that, but he's not. He is capable of literally thinking about you and having plans for you individually, you, every moment of the day. I just assume when I'm walking through something and it's not making sense that I'm off his mind, but that's not true. He's not only on, I'm not only on his mind, but he knows and he cares and he wants to intimately walk with me through that moment. He's about the connection. The direction and the destination are all important, but he's more about the connection. You maybe have heard of this before, but it's, it's about the journey. So often we rush, 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 and we don't even notice what's going on around us and beside us. Maybe you, like me, have driven someplace to an appointment, and I get there and I think, I was so focused on where I was going, I didn't even notice. You know, somebody might have said, did you hear about that accident, or did you see the trees have started changing colors, or now it'll be, have you noticed that the green's popping out on the trees? And I'm thinking, didn't even look at a tree. I didn't see anything. I was just getting where I was going. Just looking at the car right in front of me and just focused on what was next rather than what is in the moment. Rushing so, so hard to get where you're going that you don't see what's happening right around you. I want to expand this just a little bit. The, the connection is so more important than the direction. None of that other stuff matters. Connection precedes Direction. He's going to have to connect with you before all of the rest of that happens. For a lot of us, we just want to rush to it. And we tell him, it's so funny, we're we're so silly. We rush to it and we say, God, I'll take you with me. Just tell me where we're going. Right? I'll take you to that job. Just tell me which one it is. I'll take you to school with me. Just tell me which one it is. And that's not how he works. He wants to be with you in the journey. And walk with you along that way. And develop things in you that you need for the destination. So you look at scripture, it's weird. You know, we we rush through these stories and we don't think about how they all relate together. I was was contemplating this and I said, well, God, show me some of that in your word and how you've done that in your word. And I started thinking about Peter walking on water. And that's one of those stories we always go to and and we, we look at it in isolation, which isn't wrong. I mean, it's a story, but... Do you think Peter would have walked on water, jumped out of the boat, and walked to Jesus the day after Jesus called him to serve? I don't think so. I mean, Jesus, Jesus had been preaching around, and Peter would have heard of him. 
And, and Peter, James, and John, they're mending their nets, and Jesus is nearby teaching, and he comes and calls them to be fishers of men, and Peter follows. I don't think he'd have walked on water that day. But at the point that he walks on water, he had just seen 5,000 people fed. And they just, they just have some loaves and some fishes, and they collected 12 baskets of leftovers. You know what that is? That's connection. He had lived with Jesus at this point. He had seen Jesus do miracle after miracle. It wasn't as if he just hopped on the water the first day. We need connection. We need to walk with him over and over and over. We just want the direction first. And it doesn't work that way. I've got some ideas about why it might be that way. I think it's because sometimes his direction is difficult and you're not ready to hear it yet. And if you knew exactly what you'd have to walk through, you may not walk through it. You know, I, I have the privilege of doing a lot of weddings in my ministry. I've got one coming up. And at some point in the marriage, I'll say, or in the wedding ceremony, we'll say, for better or for worse. And every couple standing in front of me, it flashes through my mind. They have no idea what that means. And we never know, do we? Some of you have cared for your spouse in very dark times. Some of you have had to feed them and clean them and do things you never would have thought of when you stood at the altar and said, I do. We don't know those details. And I think God doesn't tell us because we wouldn't say yes. We wouldn't follow. <laughs> we kind of think everything's just going to be unicorns and rainbows and fairy dust. And life is hard. And if he told you every detail, you may not follow. <laughs> if he told you everything, you might be skeptical. If, and on the other hand, if he told you every detail and removed every doubt, do you realize that then you wouldn't even need faith or have faith at all? I mean, faith is believing without seeing, but for us as Americans, we want to see. We, we say things like, show me, show me state, right? That's not faith. That's not the walk that God has called us to. He's called you to trust him in the middle of doubt. He's told you to trust him when it doesn't make sense and, and when the way is tough and it's dark. You know what that is? It's about connection with him. He wants to walk with you through every one of those things. I've got a list of things here that, that I felt like God wanted to just tell you might be, and these aren't for everybody, and some of them might sting a little, and I, I don't say things just to sting. I say things because we all need to hear some things. For some of you, it means that you need to be in church more often. You're here today. And that's awesome. You may be listening to this online, and that's good. I look back at my life, and I think about the things that, as I, I compare my life even to some of my friends growing up, and I think... Some of the things that I, God helped me avoid because I learned what he wanted and needed from me in church. They didn't learn that. There's things that you pick up when you're around other brothers and sisters in Christ that you just don't get on your own. It's a process. It's a growing process that we walk together in. And as believers, we hold each other accountable and, and you see each other and you're, you're called upon and being here is important. For some of you, maybe God is calling you to be involved. He really didn't set the church up to be just a consumer thing, that you just come and get what you need and go. It's not a, <laughs> I've heard this illustration before, it's, it's not a cruise, luxury cruise ship, in case you're wondering. 
It's actually more like a working, operating ship where someone needs to row and someone needs to tend the sails and someone needs to mop the deck and someone it's it's we all work together in this. And it, and as you have children, maybe you see it more because the kids department is constantly serving your family and they need people to do that. And it's us who makes this ship work. We all have a place to serve and. If you're not currently serving, I look at it even on the other side. There's, there's a gift or something special God's put in you, which we are deprived of because you're not volunteering and contributing. You may sit there and say, Pastor Dennis, I've got nothing to give. You don't even know. Actually, you do. At some level, we all do. And it all works better if we all help and make something happen. Think about all the outreaches that, that Aaron just mentioned that this church has been involved in this, just this year. It's amazing. It's overwhelming. And at the business meeting, I'm going to recount again all the things that this, this church has accomplished in the last year because of you. The people have been served and the missionaries supported. and It's what we do. It's one of the ways that God connects with us when we give and we serve. For some of you, maybe you need to forgive somebody. And I'll bet you, even as I said those words, in your mind, you thought they don't deserve forgiveness. You couldn't even help it. It was reflexive. And you know what? You're right. Because if they did, you would already forgave them, right? But you didn't deserve forgiveness either. And we serve a God who forgave us. And part of us growing in relationship with him is walking in that way and becoming more like him and forgiving somebody. For some of you, maybe it's accepting somebody. It's not like you. It's different than you. And as you do that, God builds a connection with you in a way that is deeper and different. And probably at this point, you're thinking, well, I thought Pastor Dennis, I thought he was going to say we connect with God through praying and reading the Bible and worshiping. And yeah, I could say all those things because they're true too. But that's not the only way he connects with us. Remember, it's a journey. And as we walk along the journey, there's turns you didn't expect. And there's hills you didn't feel like you were ready to climb. And there's valleys and streams you need help over and It's a journey. For some of you, maybe it's a giving issue that for you, it's been a struggle. And maybe you didn't realize that's how the church operates is through your giving. I mean, Pastor Jeremy mentioned it. He mentions it occasionally when we talk about giving. And I thank you for your faithfulness. And maybe you didn't think think about that that's how it stays nice the way it is because it takes money to do that. And it takes us all contributing and being part of that that makes it work. And you're thinking, well, Pastor Dennis, how does that have anything to do with a connection with God? Because for a lot of us, getting to your heart goes right through your wallet. I don't know why it is. It just is. And it could be the thing that's keeping you from connection with him. And you might be hung up on 10% or how much. And, you know, I was doing some research on this recently. It's amazing. Do you realize in the Old Testament it wasn't 10%? Did you realize that? Anybody? Does that shock any of you? It was way more than that. 10% was their tithe, but then they had all these other gifts that they were required to give through the year. And if you add it all up, the base is like 20, and then there were offerings expected. It's amazing. And I've talked to people, and they have these debates about, well, there's no tithing in the New Testament. Well, it does mention it a couple times. But here's the thing. In the New Testament, they just gave whatever was needed. And I guarantee you they saw the tithe as, as more of a starting place than a ceiling anyway. It's a heart issue. It's not a number issue. For some of you, it may still be a number issue because God needs to get to your heart because he wants connection with you. And that's keeping the connection away. 
For some of us, it's about vulnerability and being honest in front of him. And maybe there's something that needs to happen in your heart. You've held on to it for a long time. Maybe it's loneliness or angerness, anger, angerness, or, lo- or bitterness or frustration or something that's in there that, that is just keeping you from letting go and letting him love you. I don't know. I bet you for somebody today, it's just considering faith at all. Maybe you've struggled to believe. Remember that one father who comes to Jesus and he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. Do you realize that God's okay with, 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 with a little doubt? I mean, that's what faith is built on. God, I don't understand everything, and I don't know how it all works together, and I'm not sure I believe all of this. And he says, that's okay, come to me, and I'll work with you on the rest of that. Come to me, you can trust me, at least in this. For somebody here, maybe it's reconsidering your faith, and you've walked away from him, and you've kind of got some barriers built up, but you're ready today to give him another chance, and to maybe trust him with some problems that you've been actually upset at him over for a long time. And he wants to let you do that. Connection is far more than the direction. I believe this, that at some point, the direction almost becomes irrelevant. I know that sounds weird. The destination almost becomes irrelevant because it becomes, and it, the issue becomes who you're with more important than where you're going. And the who you're with is him. And the why of that drives everything you're doing. Can I tell you a secret? It takes all the pressure off the destination when you're content with who you're traveling with. It's like, I'm not sure exactly where I'm going, but I know who's walking with me, and I'm good with that. And I enjoy every moment and every evening, and I'm at peace because he's with me. Not sure where it's going to end, but I know who's walking with me. The deeper your connection, the, the less you actually care about the destination. Yes, college is important, but it's more important who goes with you there. Marriage is crucial in your life, but a marriage without him is pointless anyway. None of that would work. It's the secret to peace. It's the secret to hope. Why can you trust and follow him? Why? Because you know he's going to walk with you every moment. Because we have a personal God who knows you and cares about you and has a very, very specific plan for you. Maybe you've been sitting here today and you're thinking, Pastor Dennis, that sounds good for you maybe and other people, but I'm not sure he even knows where I am. I wasn't going to close with this scripture. If I could have the worship team make their way up, but I, I really just, it's one of those things where he kept bringing it back to my mind. So I said, finally gave in, I said, Yeah, he might know better than me. I want you to shut your eyes for just a moment, everybody in the room, and I'm going to read to you uh, a psalm that is a very powerful psalm. And it talks about him knowing right where you are and walking that road with you. And I think for somebody in this room, he wants you to hear this today again. It says, oh, Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. He knows you. You know when I sit or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. 
I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell in the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born, and every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand, and when I wake up, you are still with me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting. With your eyes still closed and your head bowed, I want to first ask if there's anybody in here who maybe you're ready to trust God for the very first time. We'd just like to pray with you today if that's you. Maybe you need to trust him again You'd like us to pray with you about that. Anybody at all, would you just raise your hand? We're just going to pray with you. Anybody at all? I'll wait for a moment here. I'm going to ask this next question. It's a very important question. And I just want to know, if there's anybody who's been wondering, God, do you know where I am? Do you know the path I'm on? Anybody at all been feeling like that? Would you just raise your hand real quick? It's kind of an acknowledgement between you and him. I, I see those hands. I appreciate your honesty there. Let me ask that question just a little different. Maybe somebody here is just saying, God, I need some direction today. I need some connection and I need direction. Anybody like that in the room today? I see those hands too. I'm going to have you all stand and we're going to meet you down here for prayer, pastors, wives, deacon wives, prayer team and wives. and We just want to pray with you about any of those things. If you'd like prayer for any of those things, if you need prayer for healing, if you need prayer for direction, if maybe you've been struggling with that connection part and you just want someone to pray with you, we want to pray with you. So for the, for the next few minutes as the worship team leads us in a song, just come on down and we'll spend some time in prayer with you.